Welcome to Brew Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up-to-date information on training, nutrition, lifestyle and business with your host, Helda Barroso. Kish, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on board. Thank you. Um, so before we start, guys, uh, how do I know Kish? So Kish is uh, one of my closest friends. Uh, he's also one of the best physios I've ever come across uh, in all my years within the fitness industry. As a bodybuilder, I trained as a footballer, um, working with clients. I've come across many physical therapists, and Kish to be to me is the best one I've ever come across for many, many reasons. Um, he is married to my best friend, who has been my, one of my best friends for 20 years. Um, and that's how we've come to know each other. And we've known each other for a few years now. And I've been meaning to have him on the podcast for a long, long time because his views on on physical therapy, on, on pain, on, on physio are, are really, really good. And I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I wanted also to have him on the podcast is because with a lot of people I speak about, physiotherapy seems to have a bad rap in terms of people think to think of physios as they go and see them, they give them a few exercises to go away and do those exercises and it doesn't work. That's kind of the, 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 the connection that people have with physios, the majority of people I speak with. Now, I don't believe that's the case, especially experiencing working with Kish and myself and sending clients to Kish, that's not what it is at all. Uh, and I wanted to Kish to really try and open your eyes to what physiotherapy actually is and what we should be looking at when we're looking at working with a physio. Uh, so Kish, welcome. I want you to introduce yourself, first of all, to, to the listeners and people watching. Let them know who you are, your background, and we'll get into it. Cool. First of all, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast, uh, Helder. So a little bit about me, uh, I qualified roughly about 10 years ago now, um, where I qualified at Coventry and Leicester University, um, did my junior rotations in the hospital where I'm still at, at the moment, so University Hospitals of Leicester, so all three, General Glenfield and the Royal, uh, did my medical rotations, cardiorespiratory, the core neuro rotations, um, working on trauma orthopedics, hands, burns and plastics. Um, and now I'm a senior mus- musculoskeletal physiotherapist uh, specializing in outpatients at the moment. Um, and yeah, so MSK is my passion, so that's why I'm specializing in that. Mm-hmm. When I mean MSK, so anything to do with the, uh, you know, your, your body, your bones, joints, muscles, ligaments. Cool. Uh, and I have my uh, own little private clinic um, where I see private clients also. Awesome, awesome. Um, you know the journey that you got, went through as a physio through university and then having to do different departments? Is mm-hmm. that kind of the same thing for most people that work as physios? So part of your three-year uh, honours degree is where you go out on student placements. So and normally you have one of one placement in each core area. Right. So cardiorespiratory being one, neurology being one, and uh, orthopaedics or MSK. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, being the third. 
So Fine. they're the three core, and normally people do get one rotation each. Okay. After you qualify, if it's within the NHS that you get your junior rotations, again, you'll have a process of six months and you go on to a different rotation where you learn different skills, work with you know different uh, MDT. And then uh, do you choose which department that you're working in so the majority of the time uh, as a physio or do you, I don't know, is there like a ranking where you choose to work in respiratory or, yeah. or what you so do? So when you're a junior, a junior physiotherapist, you can choose which rotation uh, you want to go on to next. Okay. Whether you get it or not depends on, you know, the, the service needs. Fair enough. But once uh, you become a band six, which is where I'm at, at a mm -hmm. senior level, then you can choose to specialize in a particular area. Okay. Uh, and for me, that area is musculoskeletal physiotherapy. Why? So in that area, what type of people do you work with? What, on, what do you, who do you see on a day-to-day -day basis? So majority of the clients are people in pain. Uh, usually that pain should originate from a musculoskeletal issue. Mm. So, you know, if you had tummy pain, that's not my role or remit. So obviously that's a medical problem. Yes. Um, so I work with a lot of people that have aches, niggles, injuries. Um, a lot of people after they have, uh, let's say a fracture or, or a broken bone or ligament injury, after this they've had an ACL mm -hmm. uh, reconstruction, I will be responsible to get them rehabilitated. Fine. If they've had a total hip replacement, total knee replacement, people with long-term chronic pain conditions such as fibromyalgia. Yep. So and that's people from all ages, I guess. Of all ages, yeah. Uh, not paediatrics, mainly adults. Fine. Um, and in my private clinic, uh, I do see a few clients that are not, that they don't necessarily have pain, but they are want to be proactive. Mm -hmm. So they, they they're seeking my professional guidance yes. to see if I can help them reduce their risk of getting injured or pain. Correct. Absolutely, which is kind of the, the bracket that I'm in yeah. in terms of trying to look after myself because I'm so active. Yeah. I want to make sure that everything is maintained well, um, which I recommend if you can afford it. Uh, it's something that I believe everybody should be ahead of the game and you know, prevention is better than cure. 100%. Right? 100%. Um, so with these people, obviously they all come to see you in pain what is, what, what is pain? How is the pain defined? So pain, def the definition of pain is an unpleasant sensory or emotional experience that's associated with actual or potential damage. Um, so the interesting thing there is you don't necessarily need damage for you to have pain. Mm. Most people think, I'm in pain, something's damaged. Yes. Uh, and that could be the case, mm. uh, but a lot of the times it isn't. So sometimes patients are quite surprised when I say there's you know you're in agony but there is no damage there. Okay. Um, which which is which is pretty interesting. For example, if you you know we have two types of pain. So we have acute pain, which is something that's just happened. Yes. Um, so within one or two weeks. Yeah. So that would be defined as an acute. Someone injured himself, maybe playing football or fell down the stairs. So you've had a full-on injury yeah. and now you're in pain because of a twisted ankle where you've sprained your ligament in yes. your ankle, you've twisted your knee, you've irritated maybe the meniscus in your mm -hmm. knee, the, the cartilage or the ligaments in your knee, yeah. uh, or you've broken a bone yeah. and there's actual damage and that can cause pain. Yes. Um, so, but you can also have pain due to other factors, which, which I'll talk about later on. Okay. Um, but when you touch on the, 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 the when you say to people, because that must be about a bit of a 
shocker for them, right? So I'm, I'm reading, that as an example, I had somebody today, a client of mine, who she, she was going down into a squat, she was feeling a pain around the groin area. And that's very common. She feels that all the time. Right. But only in certain movements. Okay. So it doesn't stop her from doing day-to-day stuff. Okay. She doesn't feel it when she's sleeping. Okay. Just certain movements she may do, she, that, that, Just that feels pain. It. And I have a similar thing with my hip as well. Yeah. And I've had it for years, as you're aware. So for someone like that, they think that they have something wrong. Uh, that's not an acute injury. That hasn't just happened. Sure. So what would you say to someone like that? First thing is, I would say, is you, you need a full assessment. Without actually assessing Why that, is that patient fully, you know, see what their hip range of movement's like, see what their strength's like, see what their muscle length is like, see what aggravates them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you're, you're stabbing in the dark. But usually, if, some, if you've not had an injury and the pain has just, just crept up and you've yes. woken up with it, the chances are you've rarely done any serious damage. Okay. But, um, but I can't give specific advice because I've not assessed them. Fair so enough. So I, I would say maybe get an assessment and then if it's debilitating or even yeah. if it's not, get it checked out because clearly something in there for them is sensitizing that hip yeah. or the groin. Right. Something's becoming sensitized or irritated or pissed off. So that leads me on to why do we have pain? Good, good, good question. So pain is, is motivate, it's there to motivate an action. Mm. Okay. So how I describe it is it's like a fire alarm in a building. So if a fire alarm went off right now, we would escape. Yes. And save ourselves. And so that fire alarm was work. Yes. In the same way we get pain as an alarm to tell us that something's not right. Right. When we were talking about the acute injuries, so broken bone, twisted ankle, sprained knee, sprained back, yeah. anything where there's, you know, you've injured something, Yes. that alarm system works very well, mm. okay? So if you twist your ankle, it will swell up to protect you, yeah. okay? And it will hurt. And, you and that pain mechanism, you do something about it. You see probably a physio, yeah. NHS or wherever, we may give you some crutches so you'll You'll maybe hop for a few days, a few yeah. weeks. That time will be spent, you know, to offload the ankle. Yes. Just to protect the ankle. If I kept walking on that ankle, you're going to do more Make damage. Make it worse, of course. Because I've damaged something to begin with. Yes. So in an acute injury, the pain alarm system works very well. Because it's about damage and you want to protect that area. Okay. But we also get chronic pain. So chronic pain meaning pain that's lasting more than that's developed out of nowhere, you've mm. not really done any injury, mm. and it's uh, you know lasting more than three, four weeks, or for several months. A bit like my hip. Yeah, or a bit like the, uh, the lady. The lady's groin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, there wasn't a particular injury, but it's just just there in the background. So that's yes. chronic pain. I think I think a lot of people listening to this and watching this probably have something like that. Yeah. Somehow. Most people life. have aches and niggles, you know. Yeah. To, to get it definitely out there to your clients and for everyone. A little bit of ache, a little bit of niggle, it's totally safe, totally fine, long as you've not done any injury. Yes. Um, of, of course, if you're worried about it, get it checked out, you know, once, and if it's no problem, then just, you can crack on. Fine. You know, so I don't want people just ignoring pain, but in the same way, you don't want to become hypervigilant and focus on it too much. Yes. Because that can wind your system up and make the pain worse. Worse. So I'll always say, get it checked out at least once. Yeah, from a to, know, to make sure from a healthcare out, professional. Rule to out, rule out anything sinister, rule out any other serious conditions. Yes, which could be underlying, true, uh, and which could be masquerading as a as a just true. pain in the groin, where it, it could be something else. Um, 
But so to chronic pain, the pain alarm system is not very good. Right. And the reason why I say that is going back to our analogy of a fire alarm. So the fire alarm's going off, but there's no fire in the building. Mm. In the same way, your body's pain alarm's going off, but there's actually nothing. But there's wrong. no damage. Exactly. Yeah. So why does it keep going off? Why did so? Why do you keep being in pain? So the reason for that is a whole host of different factors that could potentially something in the body is failing to adapt to a stress stress could be a physical stress where you can't tolerate certain positions mm -hmm. so your body can't is not adapting for some reason to that position to that position yeah we can go back to my hip a little bit certain positions when i'm lying down um i, I can feel it more than again it's one of those pains that doesn't really affect me day to day yeah certain positions here and there you feel a little bit of a pull so would you say that, that that's my maybe my central nervous system that's creating that or my body has got a weakness there somewhere your central nervous system is always at play without the central nervous system we would have no feelings we would yes. have no pain so that's definitely playing a part that doesn't mean it's all in your head you know the pain is real yes um and it could be just purely a soft tissue where it's not tolerating it for some reason mm. um, so there are many factors so if someone comes to me for example with back pain they've not actually injured it but they've you know they're in serious back pain why does that pain alarm keep going up so my number one role as a physio is to rule out anything sinister yes any serious health conditions so with back pain that could be cancer infections fractures in the elderly especially uh, or if you've had trauma mm. to rule out cord compression uh, or any other serious conditions which doesn't need physio now but needs a medical attention yes ASAP so that's my number one role when someone comes in pain is it anything serious so this is where you know first out and we as physios were trained to ask certain questions which will tell us is it a mechanical issue is it a physio problem or is it a or medical issue or is it a, another health issue uh, and our objective assessment so the way you move your you know your joint range of motion your strength your mm. weakness all those things will play a part Fine. So let's go back a little bit to, to the back pain, which is very common. Yeah. Talk about back pain, knee pain, probably two of the most common things we get. Mm -hmm. You must see on a regular basis, yeah, back right? Back pain is, is so. Strife. I see that a lot as well with with clients that come through my doors. Uh, when I'm coaching clients, uh, most of them have had or currently still have knee problems and back problems. And one of the assessments, the assessments that we do, probably no one here is what you do because I'm not looking for the same things. Sure. Uh, I'm looking at weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, so typically, what I see as a coach, weaknesses, glute, both medium and maximum glute, glute maximus, where there's weakness there, mm -hmm. but hamstring weakness, mm -hmm. uh, core mm -hmm. overall weakness, which is causing the back to be overloaded, mm -hmm. and that's usually my assessment on lower back pain. Okay. Um, now, obviously, when it's out of my hands, I send them to you because mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do. But my goal is to try and strengthen those areas where I feel I've done just very simple tests to see. Whether glutes are weak, yeah. hamstrings are weak, yeah. as you would, yeah. something that you yeah. would do. And I'm like, okay, I can see there's a few weaknesses there. Yeah. And most of the time, there is something there or thereabouts. Do you yes. think that's a very common thing? Back pain in general or those weaknesses? Those weaknesses to, to create back pain. See, what you said there is definitely true, but you, you're saying two points there. Yeah. So the first point is you're seeing weaknesses with those patients. Okay. And if you work on them, that may help. Yeah. 
But it's a shot in the dark. I'm not sure whether. No, no. Yeah. So no, no. I know what you're saying. And the second thing is, do those weaknesses cause the pain? Now research suggests. Yeah. Weakness by itself doesn't. Right. So people think core strength. You need to do that. You need to work on that to get your back better. And core strength is important, but it's nowhere near as important as what how much people think. Surprisingly, according to okay. the evidence and research. Fair enough. Which. Um, and again, muscle, uh, muscle length or tightness is very poorly correlated to pain, which is again, really interesting because most people that are in pain are probably tight. Mm. And by you giving those exercises will still help them. Yes. But the, so the problem is we, c we can't attribute the pain to the weakness. Okay. Because you can get a hundred people who are weak in different places. Most of them may be completely pain free. Okay, you see what I mean? So, so the cause and correlation, we can't attribute it to the purely a stress issue. Of course, yeah. Which, 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 which doesn't make sense sometimes. No, it, it doesn't, but I guess it does. Yeah. But my, my view on it is, is, say for example, someone has weak glutes, right? Yeah. So when, for example, they squat down to pick something up, instead of using the glutes, because they're so weak, their body's having to use something else, typically the lower back, yeah. So the lower back's been overworked. Over, yeah, 100%. So if it's been overworked in a position that it shouldn't be in, so a rounded spine, mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. um, and that's done on a, on a, on a consistent on a basis, basis yeah. such as someone that may work picking stuff up all the time, yeah. surely that's going to cause a problem because they're not, because their glutes are weak, yeah. or because they're not using the glutes as they should. I don't know. Correct. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're trying to say. So again, if someone's repeatedly doing the same movement yeah. and they bend their back the same way, and that's the only movement they have in their back because the hips weak or stiff or tight. Yeah, that can or may potentially lead to their back become becoming overloaded and create pain or and, and just uh, just tired because it's overact overactive all yes. the time. So it's a case of this is where having movement variations, movement options is the key. So and this is why you should never just bend your back in one way only. Right. Variety is the key here. Mo having movement options is really, really good. Because we see, and I see people in pain that only move one way. Okay. So they're stressing probably certain structures in their back mm. because they don't have the capabilities of the other joints to up move. and down to utilize those as much as they need to. Mm. So maybe they're over overusing their back. Yeah. And maybe that could be a contributing factor. Okay. So it's usually never just one thing. There's always something else it's going on. It's usually a combination. So going back to you know what what why the alarm you know, keeps going up keeps keeps going up. So like you said, is it a physical issue? Is it a weakness issue? Is it a ligament problem? Is it a tendon problem? Is it uh, are your joints very stiff or mm. are they lax, meaning loose? Um, because that can create a little bit of instability. For example, hypermobility and stuff. There's yeah hypermobility syndrome. So where in that situation is it a movement control issue? Um, or because your body's like a chain like we were talking about if there's an issue in for example in your hip and you're not utilizing your hip fully because you're used to sitting all day and yeah. at home you're sitting and you're not exercising then we and you're deconditioned then maybe you're not using your hip muscles globally mm. and you're using your back potentially leading to pain yeah uh, or if you've got tight Achilles or your calf muscles really tight because you always wear high heels, for yes. example, and then when you kneel on the floor to play with your children, you can't kneel, or you can kneel, but you stress other structures around your joint, again, 
potentially can that lead can to pain, pain because of the shortening of the calf muscle. Yeah. And this is all theoretical. Um, theoretical. Unfortunately, we don't have hard evidence to back all this up. Okay. Um, however, you know, you know, we see day in day out. Once you address those physical impairments, it helps. Yes. It helps get them get the body out of pain. I guess with what you do, it's it's a little bit like guessing to a certain extent. You do your web, your yeah. your expertise in terms yeah. of what you know. Yeah. So you do your, your You take an educated guess and stab at it. Yes. yes. And it is trial and error, but usually that's the, the there's big clues after a full sub, uh, assessment. It gives you an idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what roughly is going on. What to work on. Correct. Okay. So 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 why is the alarm keep going off? The pain alarm? Is it a physical issue? We've talked about that. Or one of the biggest things that's backed by evidence and research is training error. So overloading issue. Okay. okay. So that's doing any activity or exercise too much, too soon, too quickly. Okay. Okay. So if you do that, the chances are you, you're creating a perfect recipe for pain. Right. So, for example, if you're used to walking one hour a day, every day you can walk one hour, but for some reason you decide to do 10 hours one day. That's a big jump from one hour to 10 hours. Yeah, massive. Not okay. 200, right? Exactly. If you're not used to doing any running, but during the lockdown, because the gyms are closed, people start taking up running. So now we've seen so many people with running injuries, injuries. because they went from zero miles to a, a week to a lot for them. Yes. So... Um, so, so, like, so, so overloading is a massive, massive issue. Yeah. So the key is start gradual and build it up. Right. And always listen to your body. See how your body is the day after you do anything. It's always 24 hours after you do something. You should. That's when you know. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like d delayed muscle soreness or like DOMS. Yes. It's not the soreness the day after. It's the it's the pain, and you'll know when it's you know when, when, when it's, it's a muscle pain, when it's a healthy soreness, soreness, or whether it's like oh, it's, I've done something. You've done something, yeah, and you will know your gut feeling. Of course, will, yeah, yeah, you will usually be right. I think obviously one of the things to take away from this is 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 for all of you guys watching and listening is you know step by step, whatever it is that you're trying to do. For example, we could give you an example of if you're currently working in an office and you lost your job due, due to lockdown, and all of a sudden you got a job that's a lot more active yeah you may be picking boxes up working in a factory who knows yeah. right you're going from sitting down eight hours a day to being on your feet eight hours a day being more mobile and active which can be good for your health yes because you're being more mobile however at the beginning you are probably going to feel pains and aches because your body's not used to doing that and it's gone from not to 100 right exactly so yeah. in that situation you may struggle to say well i can't stop working i've got a job i want to do it yeah so if someone gets to that point and they can't manage that, um, do you think the body will then adapt? And then hundred percent, your yeah. body is amazing at adapting. Okay, um, and and it will adapt if you do the right things yeah. and you create a right environment for the body to adapt and rest, recover, rejuvenate, and heal. Your body will adapt. Yeah. Um, if it's a big jump, it will it will let you know about it. So if it's a big jump, you know you will may you may get pain yes. or, or an even injury. Um, other issues with uh, overloading is um, yeah we talked about that the overload where, where we yeah. do too much we re, yeah, on, yeah. The, on, on the flip side you've got an underloading issue as well we do too little too little exactly and again I've had patients where they were going to the gym they were active and had no pain 
Okay. And then the lockdown happened, they've stopped exercising, got into bad habits, watched too much Netflix, ate too much bad food, wrong foods, uh, you know, started got gaining weight, weight, didn't exercise, and now they're getting all these aches and pains because yes. their body's become deconditioned. Okay. So is that finding that happy medium of not doing But I've got an little, example of that much. actually. Um kind of mine, Uresh, um he you've seen him actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had a, a little bit of lower back. Yeah. Pain. It was nothing sinister because yeah. you assessed him. Me, when he started working with me, he had that. And then I told him to come see you. You told him it was nothing. We told him what to work on. We did that. We, we started working really, really well. Pain disappeared. Awesome. Lockdown happened. He didn't do much apart from walking here and there, a few press ups, sit ups at home, but nothing mm-hmm. major. And he had no pain at all. And he came back to the gym, obviously, when we reopened and the first few weeks he, that pain came back in his lower back so how is that because he was inactive and then he, he started being active again so again maybe that change from not doing much to doing something at the gym maybe that was a bit too much mm. May, possibly yes. and again it, it, so you need to listen to your you know your body's pain alarm yes and and just start gradually yeah but even, so, we so, did, so, but even we did that, right? So yeah. we didn't go from 0 to 100, as you know, I'm very careful sure, with that sure, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was injured, but it, it just came back and he was very, oh, why is he coming back? You know, I had mm-hmm. nothing well, it, yeah. when we were training before, nothing in lockdown, and then a little bit of here, and it, it, it just, I feel it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not something that bothers yeah. him regularly. So. Is that normal? So, so, so de- definitely, when you start, when you start any exercise regime, when you start anything being active, you know, any new physical stress on your body, yeah. your body will respond a little bit. And what I normally say is, a little bit of pain is totally fine. Okay. Again, if you don't have an injury, if you've yes. got an injury, you need to get it checked out. Of course. If you, if you don't have an injury and it's just a little bit of a niggle or a little bit of discomfort after exercising, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. As long as it settles by the day after, that is the key in anything you do. If you're doing gardening and you're in agony for two days, that means it's too much. Yes. If you're, you know, running and your your knees hurting a little bit, whether the day after they're fine, that means whatever you did was your knees can handle that. Fine. Makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So sometimes it's a little bit of common sense. And especially around this time when you know as we're approaching Christmas, mm. naturally people's exercise levels drop, drop a little bit, activity drops. Make sure bit. that's not the case, by people the way. People start partying. Don't do it, don't naturally. do it. You're not gonna party this year because you're all on lockdown yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's that out of the question. Make sure you stay active. But the key is what do we see in January? Everyone wants to lose weight, everyone and wants to get all the and all the surgeons. That's when you happen. get busy. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we naturally are. So uh, because people again they do too much too soon too quickly fine yeah. so it's uh, over overdoing it or underdoing it could be both of them could be a problem correct yeah okay another big factor is um any form of stress okay so anything in your life that can sensitize you or sensitize your body can lead to pain and injury okay okay so, so is that any stress i would physical, say mental stress physiological stress correct yeah so Big, tough, strong rugby players have a higher risk of pain and injury when they have a lot of physical and mechanical stress. You'd expect that, right? A lot of, of physical stress, potentially that could lead their to Their job, their job is very physical. Exactly. But those same players can lead to uh, further injury and pain if they have 
more academic stress, more work stress, more life stress. Because it's, it's a pile on stress. You've got the physical stress, then you've got stuff going on academically. Correct. In life. Yeah. And so in general, yeah, spot on, spot on. And in generally, in general, sorry, athletes, football players, they're, they're all, their performance and pain is negatively affected due to any stresses in your life. Okay. Well, I guess because they're so, everything that they do is so highly stressed physically anyway, because they were having to work so hard, yeah. being a professional footballer, a rugby player, whatever it might be, they're under a lot of stress in terms of physically, yeah, because they are having to work really, really hard to perform well because that's what they have, they get paid for. But on, on top of that, they've got other stresses in life. However, what I am seeing now is uh, as you know, things are evolving. You know, people like LeBron James is an example. I don't know if you, you know, basketball player, one of yeah. the best, probably the best in the world at the moment. You know, I listen to a podcast with him, and you know, they take serious, serious care of themselves. Yeah. yeah, of course they've got the money to do that, but you know, because they are they are highly stressed physically, you know, they, they really take care of their sleep, they take care of their um, nutrition, uh, and other areas of stress such as financial stress, stress, relationship stress, it's all managed. Yeah. So that they can perform really, really well. Yeah. Um. So, I I don't don't know if that applies so much. To, to athletes as it does to general public because yeah. I think general public don't realise mm -hmm. how much is going on in their life in terms of maybe physical stress if you go to the gym regularly yeah. or if you play football or if you play rugby just you know with friends mm -hmm. that's a stress but then you've got finance issues you've got work issues yeah. you've got relationship problems you're having your kids are doing uh, loads of stuff that you don't want them to do mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be that's, that's stress that a lot of people have on a day to day basis that they don't even aware of it they just get on exactly. with it right yes and then pain may then come as a as a symptom yeah but then they don't relate that pain to all of that that's going on in Correct. their life they just think well i've got this pain or that or how do i sort it spot on and this is where as as, my, as as a physiotherapist when someone comes to me and they've got all those other things going on mm. and it's not just a pure knee issue this is where i use the cup analogy um so when when i'm explaining what pain is, why their knee hurts, or why their back hurts. So I talk about this cup analogy to the patients. Okay, so that cup, if the has water, if you pour water in it, if the water overflows, you will have pain. Mm. Okay, so that cup represents you, the body. Okay, the water represents anything in their life that can negatively affect or sensitize their body. So any type of stress. Yeah. So it can be a physical stress. It could be joint changes. They may have arthritis. Mm -hmm. So you're topping the cup up with water there. So they've got joint changes. They're going to have joint chemical changes. So you're going to top up the water there. They're going to have work stresses. Uh, maybe they're saving up for a mortgage. They've got a baby on the way. So there's more water getting into that cup. Yeah. Then on top of that, they're not seeing their friends. They're, they don't have time to exercise because they're so busy in their life. Mm -hmm. They don't have that social network with their friends. Um, and then, for example, they need to do some decorating around the house or move something heavy. They bend their back and boom, you have pain and their backs now flared up and they have back pain. Because of all the added stress into the exactly. car. Exactly. So all those stresses were being added. Okay. Now, halfway through, they could have managed. Okay. Mm. Three quarters, they could have managed and no pain. Yes. But there comes a time when that stress overflows, the water overflows, you will have pain. Potentially. Okay. Okay. So what do you as a physio... How can you have an impact on someone's life like that? 
So by putting all that, that we've just talked about into context for them, okay? Because when I, it's pretty much showing, it's pretty much like having a mirror and showing the patient, look. But my question to you is this, right? Now this is going back to the first beginning of the podcast yeah. when we say that people's view on physios is not great. Okay. Because physios don't talk about this yeah. to people. They don't ask them, you know, what's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your nutrition like? What's yeah. your sleep like? Are you having stresses in, in relationship, money? Mm. Because I guess if you have these conversations with people and people opened up to you as a mm -hmm. physio, mm -hmm. you'd have a better idea of what's going on 100%. and you'd be, be able better to help them. Yeah. So the physiotherapy profession is evolving. As more research comes, physios are changing their practice. And especially the physios that I work with in the NHS, a lot of these physios, we are talking about these kind of factors. But there are still a lot of other physios that are not touching those things. Mm. Okay, And the evidence suggests that's linked to pain far more than just your you know, muscles, tendons, ligaments. Uh, the flexibility or the strength or stability. Yeah. Uh, all these other factors are far more linked to wow. pain. That is powerful, right? And it's powerful. And a lot of these, like, lot, lot of physios don't even go around and talk about these ideas and address these ideas mm. um, for whatever reason. But a lot of physios are, and I think it is beginning to change. I think it, uh, it's, thinking, it's, it's, and it's evolving. That's great. I mean, it's really good to hear that that, that yeah. physios are now starting to understand that. Yeah. These factors are influencing pain. Yeah. And if you want to help people, we need to address this. You need things. to address this, yeah. Because if you come to me as a physio and you know I just massage you, manipulate you, crack your back, do some acupuncture, that can that's really good for pain relief. Yes. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some physios are against all these passive treatments. I'm personally not. I think a passive because treatment a is what people want it, there and then yeah. just to relieve their pain for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But then you still need to work on the on the on the, the problem, the, the root the root cause, the root cause or causes. Yes, hundred percent exactly. Well, I guess it's it's a little bit like I've got a headache. Let me take a paracetamol. Yes. Paracetamol is going to take that pain away a little bit. Yeah. But what's caused the headache exactly. in the first place? You need to look at that. It's similar with what you say. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know, one of the biggest things, and I think it's important for people to listen to this, is because it goes around in circles. You know, when I see clients. Most of them come to me for fat loss. Yeah. You know, I would say 90% of my clientele is fat loss clientele. And they think it's just as simple as a diet, mm -hmm. exercise. Yeah. And it's not. Mm. I wish it was, because yeah. if it was, we'd have a world that would be yeah. very low on obesity. There's a lot to do with stress. 100%. And, and it's the stress that we've mentioned there that can cause pain can also be the reason why people are overweight. Mm -hmm. and people are struggling to change their habits and people are struggling to sleep mm -hmm. and all of that added stress then be, makes it very difficult for the person to stick to a plan or stick to a, 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 a path that leads them down the health well-being world where they lose the weight and they feel good about themselves mentally and physically yeah so it's very similar to what you were saying so, so just just take your fat loss bit out and put pain in there yes and it's the same thing people it is none of this is easy and it's not quick. Yeah. And as as humans, unfortunately, we want quick fixes done now. Same with fat loss. Exactly. Yeah. Is is the same. Uh, and you know, with exercises, the the most of the evidence in physio is for exercise. Okay. But it's the right type of exercise. Your you know technique. Your um, how much to do, how much not to do. All these are fine tuning elements. Mm. So 
people could be have just given any old exercise. If they stuck to it, they still could have got better. Yeah. But if they didn't stick to it, maybe that's why their pain's not. Which changing. most most of the time, I'm sure you see this. You must see people come to see you. You say, right, let's look look at this, 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 and this, and this. Yeah. You give them the homework. They go home. They don't do any of it. They come and see you. Nothing's changed. Yeah, definitely. And and this is why I think physiotherapists can get a bit of a bad name, is because you can't be there for the client no. every week. Yeah. And like you say, like you're a coach, you're not going to fix someone's diet and their health, right? Not. You say that. And the same way, we're, we're not fixers, and no one in the healthcare professional, you know, all that we can do is get educated. Sports, sports therapists, chiros, osteos, all of the, all of the, all of us are in a similar field. We help people when they're in pain get out of pain and lead a healthy life. None of us are fixers, okay? No. Unfortunately. People want that. Yes. Okay. That's if you're not the in, case. if you're in pain, you, you naturally want to some someone to help me get rid of it. Yes. Um, but that's but not in the, the case. long run, it's it's unfortunate. That's why there's no evidence for. Uh, before we used to do electrical stimulation, so certain European countries they still do that. So some people, if they're from Europe, they still are expecting us to do that, but we don't do that because the evidence is really poor against it. Mm. This is why in the NHS. Even acupuncture is is, is, is uh, not being used yeah. as much. Yeah. This is why they, they usually don't do any hands-on manual therapy. Uh, again, I feel there is a place for it when you're yeah, really because struggling. It just, it just helps the person feel a little bit about, a, a little bit better about themselves there and then, because even a massage. Yeah. You know, if I'm feeling a bit pain in my neck. Yeah. And you know, I get a massage. I feel good for feel a better. Hundred percent. Therefore, yeah. I, it was worth my time and my money. Yes. As long as I'm now being told as well, right, this is the root cause. Yeah. This is what we have. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this. And I guess, I guess it's all about education. It's about telling the client why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a massage to help you feel a little bit better for a couple of days. However, it's not going to fix the problem. And if you don't do these other things that I'm telling you, yeah. the pain's going to come back. Spot on. Uh, and I think it's education. That's, spot on. That's exactly what I say with a lot of people day in, day out. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in, in the private clinic that I work in. So I, uh, from, from what you're telling me and what I'm seeing mm -hmm. from me seeing professionals in the field or whether it's a chiropractor mm -hmm. or a physiotherapist, whatever, right? What I'm seeing is you, even if I come and see you, mm -hmm. so I don't know you, you're not a mm -hmm. friend of mine, I come and see you, I've got this pain issue. Mm -hmm. you, you give me the great advice that you've given me, right? I'm going to give you a bit of manual therapy, but this is what the problem is, hold up, you need to go home and do this, this, this and this. Mm -hmm. And then come and see me in two, three weeks, yeah. right? I'm now going to come home. I'm now going to get on with my life. Mm -hmm. I, totally life so, yeah. I totally understand what you've said to me. Mm -hmm. However, life, life is life. Mm -hmm. my, my intentions are to do this because okay. I've just paid you 40 pounds, 45 yeah. pounds, yeah. 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. So I'm not spending money for the sake of spending money. Sure. I want to help myself. Yeah. However, life gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I have no time for this exercise. Hang on a second. Let me rephrase that. We all have time if we make it a priority. I'm just giving you an example yes. of what the I see. Oh, oh, yeah, and, yeah? And, and, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're going And to. that's kind of why I think you guys get a bad name. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also why most coaches get a bad name, personal trainers, because you know we see you for an hour, now two hours, three hours a week as coaches. We may advise you on what to do and what to, and educate you, but you have to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't then blame the physiotherapist the physiotherapist or the coach for you not losing weight 
of you not being mm. out of pain because you're not doing what we're asking you to 100%. do because yeah. life gets in the way, right? Yeah. And then you, you go, oh, that physio was rubbish. I'm going to go and see another physio. And that physio may be a bit more, I don't know, hands-on. Yes, spot on. Yeah. And, and it may give you a bit more therapy yeah, and you yeah. may like that. Yes, spot on. And you go and see him every week and you spend more money yeah. and you feel better for, because you see him on a regular basis. However, Correct. you're still not fixing the problem. No. So that physio is good to them now in their brain. Correct. Yeah. But they haven't actually helped them at all in terms of fixing the problem. They've not empowered that patient. My aim is to get someone out of pain as quick as possible yeah. and for them to manage it themselves. Yes. Okay. And this is why I want people to really take away from this is that physiotherapists are not rubbish at their job. Mm. They just haven't got the time, mm -hmm. from what I see, mm -hmm. to be there for you 24-7. To no. push you in the right direction, yeah. to be accountable to. Whereas mm -hmm. what I try and do in my coaching is mm -hmm. I try and make my clients accountable to me on a regular basis. This is why I get really good results with my clients because I'm on top of them yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why they need that accountability. Right? Yeah, but yeah. I think all of us humans need that accountability in things that we're not good at. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. I honestly do that. I 100% agree with you. So but I, I think that's where we see in this divide yeah. of most of the population and physiotherapists as I'm going to see them, tell them to, to, yeah. they tell me to do a few exercises, I go away. They don't realize everything else and you can't talk to them about probably because you haven't got the time yeah especially in the nhs yeah, yeah. Uh, but also how can you keep on top of that yeah yeah no uh, i definitely hear you but also like you're saying you know if, if 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 someone has a you know really stressful job they've got a busy life with children everyone is busy and as a therapist as a good therapist you need to realize all these barriers before the patient even tells you them okay mm. so it's up to the therapist now i've seen we've all had experiences where patients have been given sheets and sheets of exercise yes yeah 20 exercises for they're not going to do nothing they're not going to do them they'll probably pointless. forgot what you showed them anyway exactly the best exercise is the one that gets done yeah yeah it's the best the best diet is the one you can do consistently the best exercise is the one you can do consistently exactly yeah spot on absolutely so that consistency is the key so as a good therapist i should be able to know that this person's got a busy lifestyle i'm not going to give them stupid of number do. of exercises i'm going to give you one or two exercises uh, to do maybe three times a week yes and when i frame it like that patient's like oh okay. yeah my previous physio gave me told me to do them every day yeah, 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 three yeah. times a day uh hold you know yeah no one's got time to be doing that of course not uh, that's so when you understand that we live in a real world yeah and i think as, as a physiotherapist and this is why i send everybody to you mm -hmm. it's why i wanted to do this podcast because i want people to see that this is what's going on mm -hmm. you know Physiotherapy is not just mm. 10 minutes, do these exercises, go home. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. You just got to see the right person. Uh, 100%. And there are a lot of great therapists that I work with you know, in the hospital. Yeah, of course. Um, so other, other factors. Um, so we talked about that. Um, cool. What else do you see? On a regular what basis. Was that, what was the last question you asked me? Um, I asked you. Um, Is it you're on the last question now? Yeah, basically, what can you do to reduce uh, the risk of developing pain? Yeah. So, what what can people do to reduce the risk of developing pain? So, going back to our cup analogy, build a bigger cup. Okay. And what do I mean by that? Is any, anything that gets you more resilient, anything that gets you more fitter, healthier will make you more resilient which will mean you've got a bigger cut which will mean you'll be able to tolerate more stress more stress 
Okay. It's all about that stress. Correct. So build a bigger cup. Okay. And so also ensure the water doesn't overflow. So let's so touch on I mean? that a little bit. Okay. Because it's I think it's important for people to realize how do we build a bigger, bigger cup? Okay. So I would say anything that makes you more resilient. Okay. So getting fitter will make you more resilient. But not doing too much too soon. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. use those training principles. Also, getting healthier. So looking after your diet. Yeah. Looking after your sleep. Okay. Sleep's massively linked to pain. That's one of the number one Hugely. things that are linked to Hugely. pain. And surprisingly, surprisingly not, fat loss, um, weight gain. It, sorry. It, it's, it's honestly, and I, if you've been following me for a while now, you know I'll yeah. yeah. How sleep, I've been talking about sleep for yeah. so long, probably for the last three years. And when my wife mentions what you've been telling in the group, and it's like music to my ears, because yeah, I, I love that, because it, that is what will give you results. Well, I, if I, people implement it. I spoke to a few people, and I, I actually put a post up the other day. There's three things that yes. we as humans can do yeah. that will improve our life, probably by about 80%. 80%, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Majority of your yeah. issues, yeah. And they're all free of charge. Sleep. Breathing and movement. They're all free. We all can look after our sleep. You know, if we actually take care to look at our sleep hygiene. Yeah. And if you don't know what sleep hygiene means, I, I, I hugely recommend you go to my website. I'm not trying to promote anything. I'm, I'm not a sleeping coach. But I've written a lot of articles on, um, on sleep. But really the best tool for you to have is a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And if you want it, Send me a message, I'll send it to you, no problem. Great book, amazing, amazing book that will really tell you everything you need to know about sleep. Um, breathing, the way we breathe. Uh, most people don't know whether they're mouth breathers, whether they're nose breathers. They don't um, know that they're hyperventilating, they breathe shallow. No. And how much that can yeah. affect their life. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of days ago, I'm reading a book called Breathe by James Nestor. Yeah. I think this is so powerful, right? So within that book, he mentioned a guy called, I can't remember his name, his surname was Caitlin. Within years and years and years ago, uh, this guy basically, his, his, his all purpose was to see how tribes lived. Because they live longer, mm -hmm. they, 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 they weren't overweight. So he wanted to find out what, 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 What's going on? What, how are these people living? So he basically followed all these tribes within America and then he went to uh, um, South America as well, Brazil, Argentina, and he followed all these different tribes. And the biggest thing, he actually wrote a book on it, which I'm, I'm about to buy. I've not bought it yet, but that'll mm -hmm. be very interesting. The biggest thing he's seen as a difference in all the tribes mm -hmm. is that Every single one was nasal breathing, and all the different tribes. Were all nasal. of them. Yeah, they all focused on nasal they, breathing. They had that one similarity. Yeah. yeah, and some of them even had sayings such as, "Mouth breathing is, your, is the biggest killer." And they went to an extent where, when they had babies, as the baby was sleeping, the mom was watching the baby to see whether the baby was breathing through the no, nose no, or the no, mouth. No. And if the baby was breathing through the mouth, they put the hand in the mouth. Cover the mouth. So that the baby was forced to breathe through the nose wow. to build that yeah. within the baby, which we now see people doing, such as putting tape on their yeah. mouth when they go to sleep, because when we're unconscious, we don't know whether we're doing mouth or nose breathing. So the tape mm -hmm. forces to read it from the nose. Yeah. 
and that 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 to me is phenomenal phenomenal yeah, right yeah, and yeah. but we live in a world right now that people are not aware of this no, no. and that and that can change your life and your health hugely and then we've got movement yeah walking walking is the best exercise anyone yeah. can do yeah yeah so that could hugely improve that cup that you're talking about spot on. and they're all free of charge, all free of charge. And breathing and sleeping will massively reduce your stress yeah so, nose breathing will reduce yeah. your stress yeah. Sleeping a good amount of time, getting a good amount of deep mm. sleep, that will reduce your stress. Doing a bit, little bit of mindfulness, walking, breathing. Walking is one of the biggest things to reduce yeah. stress. Yeah. So you're building that big cup that you're mentioning. 100%. And even if you get a bit more water in it, you can tolerate other it. stresses. You can tolerate You're able to tolerate it, exactly. right? Yeah. And then we've got exercise and we've got diet, other little things. Yeah. But to me, they're not the most important. No, the, the big ones. Are those three? And they're all free. Are, are all free. That anyone can do. Don't blame it on your yeah. background, on your yeah. where you're, whether you're Indian, Black, Chinese, yeah. Portuguese, English. It don't matter whether yeah. you're poor, rich, or blue. I think genetics plays a part, but like with any. those things can still be done. Yeah. It's a good quote that you'll probably like because uh, we see a lot of people, patients where arthritis runs in their family. Yeah. So I've got bad knee pain. Uh, my mum's got arthritis, dad's got arthritis, grandparents, auntie, uncle, everyone. So they feel they've got arthritis and their their life's doomed because everyone in their family's got it. So, so they're, they're going to get it. So a good quote is, um, genetics loads the gun and your lifestyle pulls the trigger. trigger. Yeah, I mean, you must have heard I'm not, no, that's yeah. brilliant. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. So, so what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is genetics plays a part. Yeah. Okay, for sure it plays a part. But, it's not be all and end all. So if your family have a history of arthritis, does not guarantee you will get it. Even if it does, did those family members, did they have a healthy lifestyle? Did they exercise to get the muscles stronger around that area? Well, I had this, uh, we're going back a while now. I, w I went out for dinner with a few friends and one of the, we had this argument about type two diabetes. Okay. And, you know, Asian, Indian yeah. people. Yeah. More you know, prone to very common. diabetes, Absolutely. heart issues. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I'm not denying that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason if if your mum and dad mm -hmm. had type 2 diabetes and that was a genetic thing and you're now like, so well, my mum and dad have got it, therefore I'm doomed. Yes. There's lots of things you can do Correct. to try and, and, and make sure. And change that. And don't get so it, it doesn't happen. 100%. I mean, but the problem is people don't, no. and then they blame it on 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 on, on my background. It's my background it's because I've got this. I'm gonna say, let's look yeah. at your life. Yeah. What's going on? What? Are, yeah. How much are you eating? You're overweight. You're you're not exercising. You're not sleeping well. Your stress levels are stupidly mm -hmm. off the roof. That's why you number one, you're in pain. Now you're type two diabetic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I and think once you fall into that trap, it's a vicious cycle. So they're pulling the trigger, just like you said. Yeah, yeah. The lifestyles pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah, because they're not taking... Yeah, and sometimes patients don't know this. So educating them on all these factors can have a massive effect. Um, and I see lots of patients where just educating patients on this. Yeah. Right? So we've just spoken for an hour, not actually done anything. Yeah, yeah. And the patients know what you know what's going on, uh, what they need to do to get better. Mm. So and Because my philosophy is trying to empower the patient. And that's what it should be like. Yeah. I think we live in a world right now, unfortunately, when we go to, to uh, a physio, yeah. a doctor, uh, they, they've got such a small amount of time that they can see you. Correct. 
So and you know, this is the world we're living in, and we, we then start saying, oh, our GPs are rubbish. Yeah. Uh, so rubbish. professionals are not, unfortunately, the system that they're working on. Exactly what it is. Doesn't allow us the to time. spend enough time yeah. uh, that we need yeah. with, with certain people because it, all this is complicated and it's not a, just oh my, my knee hurts do this and that's yeah. it gone because we know that won't work. But I think now we are living in a world of social media of yeah. internet where we're getting a lot of information out there yeah. and but, so, and sometimes but, that's good but sometimes bad and sometimes bad. Because but my goal with this podcast and you yeah. know I recorded a podcast yesterday with with a, a doctor up in Ireland and we talked about you know the current situation with COVID and how everybody's focusing on staying at home, wearing masks, um, distancing each other from, from each other. Social distancing, yeah. And, and what he said, which I thought was amazing, right, was spot on, he basically said, those things are good. Yes. You know, they're helping reduce your chances and our chances of getting this this virus yeah but if that helps one percent of the population mm -hmm. great mm. what about if we educated the population on how to improve their immune system how to reduce yeah. stress how to eat correctly surely that would impact at least massively. 80 percent massively surely that's better than one percent of the masks yeah or, or do 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 everything absolutely do everything but the problem that, that, that what he said was when i say this to people yeah. i'm a conspiracy theorist okay and yeah. this is what you say well no you don't believe in masks i'm not saying i don't believe in masks yeah. is what he said they work but what i'm the saying is yeah. they work but they work a very little like yeah. one to two percent yes, exactly yeah, yeah whereas if we looked at the bigger picture yeah and we actually educated people on actual things that yeah. would help people if they get it yeah. to fight it off yeah. so that we build an immunity to this then surely that's going to be a better thing to do and unfortunately you know doctors don't have the time to talk about this mm. we can't even go to the gps right now no, the media are not really putting that across so it comes down to social media mm. and the podcasts like this that are sharing this information mm. to hopefully help people make better decisions yeah. uh, and educate these people on Okay, this is what we should be doing. So therefore, I'm going to do my own research to try and improve my immune system. Or tr now that they're listening to this podcast, I suffer with pain. And I never thought about all of this sleep and breathing, motion, mm -hmm. mobility, and how can I reduce my stress. So now I need to look into that because potentially this is why I'm getting back pain. Mm -hmm. And before, they, never even, they would never even come across this because yeah. the physio yeah. that they went to see never even spoke to them about Correct. it. Yeah. And this is why I love and mm -hmm. this is why I wanted to create a podcast mm -hmm. because I want people to, to, to make better decisions that's going to improve their life yeah. some way or Inform another. Inform and educate, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So other, other factors, so I think similar to what you're saying, so I, I always tell patients to take ownership, take responsibility for their rehab. If you're, if you're having, you know, long-term rehabilitation, find out from your GP consultant, you know, whoever, physiotherapist, what their diagnosis is. Okay, so what is wrong with my knee? What is wrong with my back? Yes. Uh, what does arthritis mean? So many patients I see, they don't know what arthritis means, they don't know what sciatica means, they don't know what tendinopathy means, uh, and that's not their fault, okay? But but ask, ask, ask your therapist. Be aware of what's going on with what, you. What, yeah, what is carpal tunnel syndrome? Yeah. What is fibromyalgia? Uh, because that explanation will 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 help your overall management. Yes. Okay. So all research tells us patients want 
all things from an initial consultation. Mm. Okay, so what's wrong with me? How long will it take for me to get better? What can you do as a therapist for me? And what can I do for myself? That's what patients want to know, according to research. Um, so that's what I try to educate and inform patients and answer those questions just to guide them and just to reassure them so they've got a full plan as to what's going to be happening down the line um, and so they're not just you know you're giving them a, 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 path. a path to follow correct yes. and i think when someone has a path they know where they're going they're going to follow to whereas if they don't know what the end goal is yeah then the, the, the starting point to the end goal which is they don't know what it is they're going to find it hard to get there yeah you know, it's like almost trying to go to exactly. here to London without and This is why, as physios, I consider myself as a facilitator, as a guide, as a, as a coach. As an educator. As an educator, exactly. All those things, more than just a, a, a fixer. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we can do that a little bit as well. Yeah, uh, of course. But I think this is how people should be starting to look at it. Yeah. Stop looking as a physio, as someone who's going to fix your pain. Stop looking as a coach, as somebody who's going to make you skinny tomorrow. Yeah. Instead, start looking as that person as a facilitator to help you get to where you want to get to and educate Correct. you yeah. and give you and guide you through your path, which mm -hmm. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what we are. Another big thing um, is to you know listen to your body's pain alarm. You know, we, 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 we talked about that earlier on. So the, if you do have any issues and you're struggling with them, if you're not sleeping because of it, then seek help. Okay, the longer you leave it, the longer your recovery is going to be. Mm. So when patients come up to me and say, oh, I've had this shoulder pain for many months many years mm. it's like why didn't you you know seek help earlier yes and i appreciate it you know the gps are busy you know but there's lots of things that people can do proactively yeah. just to get free advice absolutely you know on the nhs website on on youtube saying that you know be mindful not to just willy-nilly follow anything anything because information is good but you know a little bit of wrong information is probably going to do you more harm more than good. good. Yeah. So listen to your body, you know, body, get help if you need it. But also, um, if you do have any issues, you know, if you're a decorator and you don't have full shoulder movement, that's going to cause you problems down the line. Of because course. you need your shoulder Absolutely. to do what your job. It's your job. If you're sitting all day and you're, you've got stiffness, do something about that. Get help. We can, you know, we can help proactively. Like you say, prevention is better than cure. Absolutely. So there's lots of things that people can do to get out of pain and keep pain away. However, it doesn't mean that, you know, pain is inevitable mm. in, in, for humans. We're all going to get Suffering it. Suffering is point. not. Yeah. Okay? Suffering is what we want to prevent. Disability is what we want to prevent. Yes. 95% of us will ha get back pain once in our lifetime. Yeah. Okay. So that's 95%. That's almost... All of us, world, right? Yeah. Exactly. So uh, pain is inevitable. Suffering is not. And, you know, we're talking about all stress and everything. I just want to say, if you do have those factors, it does not mean the pain is just in your head. Mm. Okay? Pain, your pain is real. What, what you feel, that is your pain. Yeah. No one can say, oh, it's just in your head. Yes. That is really wrong if anyone does say that. Um, and also, you know, People can have damage to their brain, have a stroke, and still have phys physiotherapy, for example. I don't specialize in neurophysio now, but I've worked with stroke patients. You've seen it. And I've seen people improve when their brain is damaged. 
Okay, so it just shows you how bo how adaptable our body is. Yes. If we do the right things. Yes. Um, it means you know we can always improve. We can always improve as long as we're willing to put in the work. Yeah. We're willing to, to go towards. None of this. I always tell my patients everything I tell you, and there's a you know there's hope, there's optimism in their face because I've explained everything properly to them. Brilliant. But I always tell them this is not going to be easy and this is not going to be quick. Yeah. Okay. But it's definitely possible. Yes. Uh, as long as you're willing to do what, what it takes. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Awesome. You know, this is why I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted people to really understand what role of a physio actually is. Yeah. And because I've experienced that with you and my clients have experienced that with mm -hmm. you, you know, I think it's important uh, that we put it out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I hopefully I think now after this podcast, people realize, you know, that mm -hmm. when they're going to see a physio, this is what they should be expecting. And if they're not getting this, then probe for it, ask for it. What's going on? You yeah. know, you're Be inquisitive, be, you know, in a respectful you know, manner. Just find out about it's because it's your body and they will explain. Yeah. And as therapists, we love it when patients ask because you're being proactive. Yes. And usually patients who are keen and have a good attitude do better yeah awesome is there anything else before we close it off that you'd like to tell people in terms of um pain as a physio what is there anything else out there any advice that you want to give mm -hmm. before before we close off um i just, just like to say you know like we discussed some pain some ache some needle is totally safe if it's frustrating you and if it's getting in the way of your life and stopping you doing what you need or love to do, mm -hmm. then you need to get help from a healthcare professional. Pain, if you, if you, if you, if you can breathe, then your body can adapt. Okay. What I'm trying to say is if, you're, if alive. you're alive, your body can adapt. Yeah. Only person that can't adapt is someone who's dead. Yes. So if you've got a, you know, if you're breathing, there's all the, well, there's, there's all options. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome. A uh, few questions that I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. out of the blue, so you're not ready for this. I okay. didn't ask you to get ready for it. Is the podcast is called uh, the Breed Success Podcast. So, what does success mean to you in terms of your health? So, success, so ensuring um, managing my stress, okay. That, that's a big factor. I think for me is making sure the water doesn't overflow from my cup yeah. in my daily life. Perfect. Right? So if I'm not sleeping well, I need to do something about it. Right? So I need to sleep well. For me, I need to do some sort of exercise because if I don't exercise, I get a few aches and niggles in my in yep. different body parts. Yeah. So I need to make sure I exercise, um, manage my stress and do some do fun things. Yeah. Um, and again, we didn't talk about that, but I'd just like to mention so doing fun things, socializing with uh, friends and family yeah. is so, so important. And I'm sure during the lockdown, everyone realizes how important it is. Mm. But I don't think pre-COVID people appreciated yes. the importance and value of that social connection. Yes. Um, mm. So it's, it's really, really important because what that does is it calms your central nervous system. A bit like having a dog like that. Yeah, exactly. Dogs <laughs> chilled, calm. So if your central nervous system is calm, yeah. The chances of you having severe pain are diminished, diminished significantly. So it's just like you, like you, like you said. You yeah. know, making sure I'm sleeping well, exercising well, 
Um, doing fun things now and again. Awesome. Uh, that, that's what success means to me. In terms of your health? Correct. In terms of your wealth, what does success look like to you? So, trying to ensure, you know, I've got a relatively busy private clinic. Um, you know, I've got a full-time job also. So, and again, I'm mindful that, you know, I don't, I don't want to work myself to the ground. Because again, my water will start effect. overflowing. Yes. So, and that's not sustainable in the long run. Absolutely. So, it's a fine balance of, you know, pushing yourself enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can lead a you know successful life and do the things that you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then, what does success look like to you in terms of uh, love? What does success look like? I guess happy relationship, happy partnership. Yes. Um, having a relationship where you can overcome. Barrier, not not bar overcome struggles, overcome yeah. you know difficulties. Yeah, I think that's what uh, it's teamwork. Yes, okay? absolutely. Where I lack, he, you know, Hina chips Adds. in and and, and uh, fills my weaknesses. Yeah, and then vice versa, uh, and hopefully vice versa. And and uh, obviously there's four pillars that I live by: health, wealth, love, and happiness. Typically, the happiness comes at the end of those other three. So there's no point asking you the question because what does happiness look like to you? Yeah. I guess it's the rest of the other three, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. so uh, one of the biggest things I always say, and you, you kind of said that there, you know, about the cup and managing the cup, is to me those those four things, is all about, it's like you're having a plate spinning on all four, mm -hmm. health, wealth, love and happiness, and you're going to keep spinning them, and one, one one's about to drop, you better pick it up, and then give attention to that a little bit more. And But you've got to keep them all spinning at once. At, at no point do you drop one yeah because if you drop one we've got a lot of work to do yeah right so with your health as you said you know if you're not sleeping enough mm -hmm. if you're highly stressed if you're not exercising that plate's going to drop therefore we're going to pick that up hang on a second there's something going on that i need to fix get that plate, keep going and then but as we come as we focus on that then the other areas such as maybe mm -hmm. wealth mm -hmm. may take a may, hit may, because you're compromise. not focusing on something else yeah However, you're still doing something towards that and you keep spinning that, that plate mm -hmm. and when you feel it's about to drop, you go back and pick it up again. Mm -hmm. And that's how I manage my, mm -hmm. those four that's things. A, that's a nice... Uh, that's typically how I do yeah. it. And to finish off, if there's one book that you'd recommend anyone today, yeah. what would it be? Uh, Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. One yeah. of the best books yeah. out there, right? Really, really good. And really um, last but not least, uh, if people want to know where you are, they want to find you, social media, work, where can they find you? So I'm on Instagram, uh, physio underscore solutions 3030, um, physio underscore solutions 3030, mainly active on Instagram. Cool. Um, but otherwise, feel free to get your get, get my details through Helder. If the people just want advice or just a chat, yeah. a second opinion about what to do, yeah. you know, they don't need, necessarily need to come to see me. But you know, a lot of your patient uh, clients, clients had a few questions yes. on Facebook, which I looked at. Unfortunately, I've not been able to answer them because, you know, I can't answer specific questions unless you, you, you unless assessing without them. assessing. I'm stabbing in the dark. Of and course, we don't want to be doing that. give the wrong advice. Absolutely. So, um, but feel free, you know, to share my details so I can give. For sure. Advice. Well, we're hoping also when this current COVID situation kind of eases a little bit. Before that, the COVID situation, we did a a, a, a seminar at the hub here in Leicester. Which was very successful we mm -hmm. had a few people come down uh, and you'll see kish face to face and in the end we actually did a few assessments with a few people didn't you 
Uh, it was really, really good. So we're hoping to keep them going uh, when we can again. When we can, yeah. Uh, we're going to be covering things like back pain, knee pain, yeah, the myths of... If people have any questions, if they want to hear you know, a, physio point, a physiotherapist point of view on you know, um, just pure back pain, yeah. pure knee pain, what different structures can be affecting it. Cool. Um, on myths, there's lots of myths in the physio world. Awesome. You know, well, well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably yeah. record another podcast anyway, maybe looking at things like knee pain, back pain, which are probably the yeah. most common. Yeah. Uh, but we'll do that another time and another date. So yeah, thank absolutely. you, Kish, for Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Great. Um, thank you, and I'll see you on the next yeah. one. Cheers. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, that's good.